Welcome to another episode of Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and today my guest is Jeremy Villayobos. He's the COO of Gold Connect, which, as you will hear in a few moments, is officially now known as Orcast, and you're going to hear the meaning behind that name. So Jeremy joined me to discuss carrier service automation and not only define exactly what that is and explain how it's being used in telecom, but also make the case for why it's crucial that carriers move toward automation for the future of networking. So we had a great conversation about what automation really means and looks like for carriers as they implement it and what that means for their customers how it can lower the friction and transaction costs of deploying networks and telecom services, how it will facilitate development within and between regions around the world that haven't historically been that well connected. And finally, we get into a little bit of how blockchain plays a role in all of this for enhancing the trust in transactions and contracts. So whether you work at a telco or involved in any other segment uh, within the ICT sector, I think you'll find this to be a useful conversation about how the business is inevitably going to change over the next few years. So with that, let's get to the interview. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you. Good talk. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited for this. It kind of grew out of a conversation that we had over drinks at a at a conference a few weeks ago, and th- that is the best kind of podcast that sort of comes or, or out of what you were just talking about organically, right? So, yeah, definitely. And you know, before we get started, there's just one thing I have to ask you, which is that as as someone who kind of speaks Spanish, it, it struck me that your your surname is uh, is Village of Wolves. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Wolfville. But yes, All right, that's, I mean that that's a that's kind of a really cool last name, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's very cool. And that's that's I, that's how you get to be the COO when you you know you come from the uh, Village of Wolves, right? So. It's a cool, it's a cool last name. You know, I used to joke in college, you know, uh, back in the day and saying that in Venezuela, we used to, uh, move around in boats and all that. And yeah. the kids used to believe me and <laughs> it was, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So why don't you, you know, start out by just telling us a little bit about your background, um, and, uh, your company now you have a, a name change to announce. So, uh, we, we can yes. get to that here as well. Right. So. Sure. So I'm the chief operating officer for Orcus Technology, formerly known as Gold Connect. So we are excited to be, we actually announced it on November uh, 29th. And mm-hmm. um, it was part of our transformation strategy, you know, now that we're embracing so much automation and different technologies, we wanted a change in our name uh, that truly represent who we are, what we're doing, and basically it comes from orchestration to orchestrate mm. services. Mm-hmm. So when we found the name, we, we, we thought it was, you know, the perfect name and, and it's basically exactly what we do. We orchestrate network solutions for our clients. 
mm-hmm. it couldn't be better. Yeah, well, I'll say it. it's it's not very often where the name of the company of the of my guest is is the topic that we're talking about that day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so on that, exactly. That's exactly what we what we wanted to talk about was automation for carriers. Uh, what that means, kind of get into um, how to achieve it, um, what it can mean for carriers for customers. Um, uh, specifically, though, your your carrier operates in, in the Latin American region mostly, right? Yes, that's correct. Latin America, the yeah. Caribbean, from Mexico all the way down to Chile and Argentina. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things we had talked about before mm-hmm. was that, you know, historically, the story about Latin America has always been carriers uh, getting together in like Napa, the Americas and Miami rather than in uh, points in Latin America. And, and you were interested in leaving that whole story behind because automation and orchestration can really solve a lot of those problems in a, in an even much more simple way than than the sort of traditional uh, carriers getting together in in local data centers and whatnot. So, so that's what we're going to focus on is is carrier automation, orchestration of services. But I, I, I want to start by sort of you know backing up and making sure that everybody in the audience understands that this is telegeography explains the internet after all. And, you know, we have listeners from across the, the spectrum of, of the telecom business. And so not everyone's involved in organizations like MEF and whatnot. So, so let's start obviously with just automation. So automation gets thrown around in the IT world a lot, and it can mean a lot of different things. In the carrier world, what do you mean by automation? Yeah, uh, automation is uh is, is definitely making more noise lately, um, and I'm and I'm so excited that that's happening. You know, because it's it's a it's a business practice that we need very much in our industry. Uh, I will I will define automation as the adoption, the use, or the creation of technology that allows you to streamline your business processes from mm-hmm. within your organization. You know, mm-hmm. technologies that can help you be more efficient, leaner, and uh, at the end of the day, provide a much better uh, experience to your clients. So at the end of the day, it's about streamlining your business processes. You know, Absolutely. Before, yeah. before the systems, they, they were created to enforce humans to follow a process, you know, approvals, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, it, it basically canalized people to follow a process. Today, technology can do much more than that, you know, and allow people to focus on what they need to concentrate on the business aspect. And then, you know, uh, the technology can do the actual process for, for, for the human interaction, you know? Right. So getting rid of picking up the phone call, opening a ticket, or it worse, there's, there's still some Folks out there that okay, fax me the 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 change form and and we'll we'll process that and all that, right? So yeah, b- believe it or not, you still hear fax. Uh, I was talking mm-hmm. to a partner yesterday, and he was telling me that sometimes he needs to mail the order, and I was mm-hmm. I was mind blowing, you know that. Yeah. that, that I mean, we're things. in the telecom business. Right? So, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's alarming, but but it's good to talk about it, you know, because it's it's mm-hmm. a reality that we need to change. You know, one perfect example mm-hmm. is is the sales process. You know, um, mm-hmm. when when a client asks for a proposal, sales put it on a CRM. That CRM goes to a sales engineer. That sales engineer does a feasibility analysis whether or not they can offer an internet or a connectivity solution on that particular building. Then 
once the sales engineer says, okay, yes, we can, it goes to a price specialist that analyze, right. you know, the whole pricing on that area and sends back the, the, the proposal to the sales. So sales can send it to the client and all that process can take weeks, sometimes months. Weeks. Absolutely. So yeah. that's, that's a perfect example. So mm -hmm. the old system, you know, the CRM, it makes sure that every key people in the process is approving and giving the green light within the, the system. So it's not, it's not like we don't use systems. Yes, we do, but they, they are, they were created to create bottlenecks through the process. Right. Right. So right. that's a, that's a good example. So, so jumping onto that example, it's, uh, if you, if you look into this, um, listeners, right. Uh, you'll, you'll often run into some terms like, OSS, BSS, like how carriers mm -hmm. do business. Could you just explain uh, for those who maybe don't work in carriers that are listening, what OSS, BSS is and how they might be automated? Yeah, basically o OSS is operating support systems and BSS is business support system. So depending on where you use them within your organization, they, they, they land on one of each of the sites, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, those obviously are very important within the automation because automation also is about having system interacting, inter interacting with each other. So right. that's where the API is going to play. The API yeah. is basically what it makes, you know, the systems to communicate between each other. And then you, you, you have uh, an ecosystem of systems interacting with each other in harmony. That's basically, mm -hmm. you know, the, the final goal to have all your systems right. uh, interacting uh, properly and in the benefit of the business instead of holding the business back. Right. And, and that's a great point that um, to, to bring it to the, to the greater telecom business rather than within a single carrier, uh, everyone's probably familiar uh, with, with the sort of co-opetition model that, you know, carriers, of course, all have a limited reach and they all have to work with each other to serve their customers. So, so this, the goal here, right, is to automate these processes, not just within your carrier, but across the industry as a whole. Exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a great point because you have uh, multiple ecosystems. You have one within your house, within your organization that obviously have to be working perfectly in perfect harmony. And then it comes the other side of the business, which is the interaction that you have in, at least in the wholesale business, you know, in the wholesale business, mm -hmm. we all, we all carriers, we buy and we sell from each other and we exchange a lot of data, you know, not only on mm -hmm. commercial, but also on operations, uh, you know, multiple uh, phases of the business, we interact with each other. So, that's another critical aspect of automation because if we all embrace automation, we're treating and creating valuable data. At the end of the day, right. automation is about treating data. You want to have reliable data that I can use within my organization to make business and solid decisions, but also I can give peace of mind to my partners that I'm giving them reliable data about my business so they can take the business decision on their end when they're using my business, you know, we complement each other's network, you know, no one has the perfect network. So at the end right. of the day, we have to work with each other. And that's where automation comes to play. It's about creating reliable data that we can use. And at the end of the day, support our clients 
in, in perfect fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the, at least in Latin America, the problem that we're having is that uh, the, the automation adoption is very, very small. You know, I will say mm-hmm. 98% of the carriers are not embracing automation or API. And if they do embrace API, they don't have systems in the back to have reliable data. You know, because it doesn't mm-hmm. work if you have an API, but you don't have something in the back creating and administering uh, administrating the, the data that you actually are passing through the API. Right. So, Just because you're exchanging information with the API, you have to have the information set up and automated in the back end first, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, for example, um, the, the, the example that I use on the feasibility analysis, you know, to do a quote, you know, something that can take a month, you know, if you have uh, an algorithm or a system that is able to perform the feasibility analysis, because at the end of the day it's data, you know, you have the, the network data information, you have the buildings where your network goes through, you know, there are multiple data that is available to the carriers that if you add a little bit of technology that we have available today, like big data, artificial intelligence, you know, you can create your own coding and your own algorithm to help your business achieve better results and find and work with the actual data that we already have. We don't have to create new data. There is data already in the systems. You know, it's just about taking those different data and put them to work together so you can provide actual reliable data and streamlining that business process, you know. So on our end, we do the feasibility analysis through an algorithm. So when my carrier does an API call to me for a specific location, my system is evaluating the network and then sends back the information to my carrier. My carrier knows what system I'm using here and they know that I'm treating the data. So they're getting reliable information and it's about confidence, you know, you're supporting quickly your clients, you know, and things that were taking months before now we're doing in, in, in hours to, you know, mm-hmm. to exaggerate, to say that, you know, it's taking longer, but it's in reality, you can do it in minutes, you know, because right. it's about system right. interacting with each other. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful what, what is happening with automation. It is. It's, I think it's really interesting. If, if I put on my economist hat for a minute, right, there's sort of like, two different things it seems to me that that you're um, getting at there there's one there's just uh reducing friction right so it's it makes it a a much less uh it's a almost a frictionless transaction where again like you would have used to pick up the phone or fax an order sheet and that goes through multiple people and that all just happens through ai essentially now and and communication Mm -hmm. through APIs. so there's not even the need to to uh, you know have people communicating with each other, but then there's also like lowering the transaction costs. I assume, right? So that it costs money yeah. to have these people taking weeks to look at their price sheets and their their building lists, and 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 that all happens now in an instant with software that's that's already been written, and so you're lowering the cost of that transaction as well, right? That's that's a great point, Greg, because there is a, a misconception that you know, automation is looking to replace humans. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not the end goal. You know, automation won't never replace humans because at the end of the day, automation, what it does is first, it makes efficient interaction between organizations, you know, through systems. And at the end of the day, 
the people can concentrate on their on their actual role. You know, mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. do I have sales engineers doing feasibility analysis on buildings? That's not the right. job of a sales engineer. Yeah, of course mm -hmm. it's an engineer, an aspect, but but that sales engineer should be supporting sales with new projects, you know, evaluating new opportunities, uh, right. new topology requirements, things that actually a sales engineer can be productive on. You know, these guys are spending 48% of their time uh, doing feasibility analysis. That should be done mm -hmm. by a system automatically. And that sales engineer should be focusing on his actual productive role to the organization. And the same thing with right. the sales. Sales are spending 48, 49% of their time introducing opportunities in a system. That's an administrative task. You know, 48%. They should be selling. They should be meeting with clients. They should be taking calls. They should be uh, building solutions. You know, it's about efficiency. You know, it's not only about the money that you save, you know, streamlining your processes and making it shorter, but also you're, you are ha you're having a much efficient organization 100% focus on what they need to be working on. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I like the way that you put it there in that thinking like, mm -hmm. yes, it's lowering your costs, but it's also freeing you for the opportunity to get more business. Like, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. It, it, it is certainly the case that, that we at Telegeography look at demand from various sources. Mm -hmm. We look at, um, you know, what, 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 multinational corporations are doing with with their bandwidth needs we look at international uh ip traffic and how demand growth is on on those kind of links and it's it's always very strong right so so people yeah. only ever need more bandwidth you know, when you're doing things like we're doing right like the and and that that shift that we all went through with covid where um we went away from scheduling uh, conference calls. I'm I'm old enough to remember having a, a desk phone with with and having to figure out which buttons to push to uh, to to do a conference call. No one would do that anymore. What do you do now? You have Zoom or Teams or whatever. Everything is going that way increasingly, including you know data exchange and cloud computing. Mm -hmm. the, the demand is always there. The question is, uh, are you using your resources to uh, make these connections? Or are you using your resources to meet those ever-increasing uh, demands out there for bandwidth? And, and, and it certainly sounds like automation is helping you get more internet and, and, and telecom to more customers rather than taking up your, your resources time with just facilitating that, which could be done by an automation, basically. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's about increasing productivity, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. any, any CIO, any CTO that is not embracing automation in the telecom world uh, are going to face real issues in the future. You know, mm -hmm. I always say this, you know, it's amazing how you can buy so many things through the internet, but the actual internet, you're not allowed <laughs> to buy it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's, I mean, that... That's a really, really interesting point because, and, and I'll tell you from, from, I talk to a lot of, of end users and, and, and that is certainly, they can envision this and they know that they want that. And, and there are, uh, you know, especially alternative kind of providers, like if you get into network as a service and, and those kinds of things that, that have started to do that and that's what they want. They want to be able to go to the app store or, or a portal or whatever and spin up whatever service they want. And, and especially 
and this is a part people don't talk about that often, but not necessarily go through this like huge contractual sort of uh, negotiation. There are some services where that is the only thing that makes sense. Like your, your Mm -hmm. whole big win. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, uh, a capex expense of millions of dollars sometimes, but sometimes yeah. you just need something done and you can, you, you have, you know, it, you can put it on your corporate card because it's a, a short term thing or whatever. And, and I think um, they expect that since they can do that with procurement of all kinds of services, like software has now been that way for a long time, right. That they expect that they should be able to do that with network. And, and it seems like it's, it's finally catching up to that, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, the, I'm, I'm excited to hear, you know, network as a service, you know, uh, even though it's, it has some misconception behind, you know, because mm-hmm. it's being compared with cloud computing, you know, because cloud right. computing came with the e-commerce, you know, where you can actually buy a virtual server, you select all the computing uh, specs that you need. And in a matter of minutes, you have a server up and running, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was like a, a game changer, you know. Right. when for 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 the tech world you know and then te- telecom you know gets compared a lot with that because it's connectivity yeah you can do that on a data center to data center um uh way but when you right are because there's the so much time, capacity already deployed between exactly. those data centers no right. you, you already have systems on the data center so it's very easy to turn up but what about okay. when you're talking about the last mile you know, right. the last mile is another thing, you know, because th- there is always another building to to live. You know, it's, there is mm-hmm. always another building to put fiber on. So right. there is always different components that limited the has a service or, or on mm-hmm. demand, you know, because when yeah. you have to install a last mile, unfortunately, you cannot do it in a matter of minutes. You know, between data centers, yes, you know, and there are plenty of companies doing an amazing job on that on 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 that aspect, and and I'm excited to see that because we're pushing the envelope to be more efficient and better. But when you see the number of carriers that are remaining on the old model, it's it's a big number, you know. And mm-hmm. but but last year, I will say last year and a half. Uh, many carriers are putting their eye on automation and how they can, you know, automate a big portion of their business because always everything facing the client, you know, on the last mile, you know, you you, you need some uh, analysis and uh, that, that right. a still a system can do, but you know, it's a it's a well. Sometimes step- you have to. Right. We, we can't automate uh, uh, digging a trench and, and laying fiber in it. Right. So. No, no, no. Of course not. But but yeah. it, it is a process, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it can be overwhelmed for for some companies, you know, because you're talking about legacy systems, you know, 30 mm-hmm. year old systems, you know, uh, all servers, you know, uh, an entire data center dedicated to a to a telco operation, you know. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's easy to talk about that because I'm, I'm a small company compared with thousands of employee companies, you know, but right. but I, I cannot, you know, it's not fair to judge, you know, the, the big carriers, you know, because it is a very difficult task to evolve. They're, they're been working on it, but it is a transformation that needs to happen very soon, you know, right. because uh, uh, the, the, the market is asking for and, and it's, it's just it's not sustainable in time. You know, the business practices mm-hmm. of today, when you keep doing the whole thing, it's, it's not sustainable. You know, you, you, you fall back and you, you, you're left behind. 
No, I, I think that's a great point. And, and certainly, obviously, that's why in a lot of these services in telecom, it's certainly not just, um, you know, layers one, two, and three, but, but uh, you know, things like SD-WAN or whatever, a lot of times came out of startups because it was, it was easier for the startup to, to really dive in and, and figure the technology out. Um, but it, in this case, you know, certainly the, the, the technology, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but really has been developed for a while. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more an issue of getting the carriers together on the same page to sort of roll all of this out in a way that works with each other. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I believe a lot of the carriers have been doing a great job rolling out innovative solutions, you know, SD1, and now you're seeing SASE and, mm-hmm. you know, so many so many different offerings that are very disruptive and innovative for the clients. But then when you look to the inside of the house, we keep doing the things the old way. So yes, right. the right. telco world is doing a great job rolling out innovative solutions, but we have to worry about the inside of our house. You know, just mm-hmm. like the enterprises are embracing innovative solutions, we have to also embrace, you know, the latest technologies. You know, there are so many different technologies that can help a telco be more efficient and transform their own business, which at the end of the day, you're going to be able to support better those innovative solutions that you're rolling out. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense to roll out these innovative solutions if you're taking months to install them, you know. Right. And that's because, you know, your old legacy systems and your business process are holding you back, your organization. So it is a process. It's happening slow, but I believe that the next couple of years is gonna is gonna speed up much faster. You know the the transformation. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time, but we're going through right now, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I I, I mentioned that that this this podcast grew out of a conversation we had. I don't I don't think I mentioned that it was at a MEF conference specifically, but I wonder if, if you could tell us a little bit about your involvement in MEF and, and sort of how this relates to what uh, they're working on. And, you know, this is the place to maybe pitch anybody who's not involved on, on why they should be, right? So. 100%. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a unique community. I actually got together with the guys from MEF at the beginning of the year. I had the impression, you know, that MEF was, you know, the whole certification of the Ethernet solutions, you know, mm-hmm. the old MEF. And I got to right. meet the new MEF. The new MEF is a whole different story from the past, you know. These guys are have incubation groups. They have working groups, you know, uh, working on the future of standardization, APIs, the future of SASE, SD1. You know all the different innovative initiatives happening in the in the in the market. These guys are working on on how we can be better. You know to support better the clients. How we can use the standardization. You know for the APIs. So I was very excited to to hear everything that they were doing because it, it was very uh, very much aligned to our business strategy. You know everything that we were working on, they were working on. So for us, it was a no brainer to join MEF and be part of the of the community. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's, a, it's a very concise community where we all know what everybody's doing. Uh, if I want to do something, I look for a MEF member that probably knows what I want to accomplish. I meet with that company. You know, so, so it's a very close, very concise community working to push forward our industry. So I decided to uh, also get involved even bo- for, further 
uh, I became a co-chair uh, in the LSO uh, committee. And, and basically in there, we work on the API standardization. How mm -hmm. do we want the, the, the language to be standardized for carriers to communicate with each other? Because uh, an important aspect of the API development, it can take a, you know, a month to develop an API between two carriers because the right. API is a way two systems communicate with each other. So they need to talk the same language. They need to use the yeah. same words. They need to mm -hmm. define the services equally. So when you have different language between the two systems from, from the carriers, it can take a lot of time to find a common language. So MEF, what they do is they standardize an API format, which if carrier A has MEF LSO Sonata, and I have also MEF LSO Sonata, we're talking the same language already right. by default. So I can mm -hmm. talk to you, you're a MEF member, you have Sonata API, so I know that I can enable an API with you in a matter of a couple of days. It's just getting together and just getting the, the, the system to talk to each other. So mm -hmm. that's very important. It's, it's incredibly important, the role of MEF that it plays on all these automation um, movement that is happening because they're making sure that we are all on the same page, talking to each other, using the same language, you know, and at the end of the day, it, they're making it easy, the interaction between companies. So mm -hmm. any company that is not a MEF member, uh, and they should be joining MEF, you know, one, because if you're not embracing automation, that's a perfect platform to understand the, where your company can be embracing automation, not only automation, so many different things that you can evaluate within MEF. Uh, right. Things I, that you mentioned, like, you know, like, like SD-WAN standards exactly. and SASE standards exactly. and things like that, but also highly in demand from the enterprise side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it is the perfect community to guide you and make the, 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 the best business decision to canalize your strategy to embrace automation. I understand it's not something that you can do in a matter of a couple of months and then you're an automated company. No, but it's a process that MEF can guide you and help you uh, make the right mm -hmm. calls. And in that community, you have the different players that can enable you and help you achieve those transformation decisions. So it, it is an amazing community. It's an amazing uh, group of people and professionals. Uh, they meet once a quarter in different places around the world. And those quarterly meetings are just amazing. You know, the level of knowledge and, and interaction and working sessions that you can that you can get from those meetings is just amazing. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's not a capacity event. It's not like a, a networking event. It is networking, but it's more about sure. working together between the different companies. You can have in one right. room a guy from a different company and you have 10 different companies working about standardization of API. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You know, we right. all come in together for a common purpose. That's amazing. So that's meant. Yeah, no, that's a great description. And, and yeah, I mean, sort of capacity conferences, for example, serve a great purpose, but it's usually a sales or purchasing purpose, right? It's like the doing the wholesale transactions. This is about facilitating all of that. And, and really, if I understand everything you're saying and what's going on at MEF well enough, it's that you need to do this in order to meet the needs of your customers ultimately, because you'll you'll lose business if your provisioning time is 90 days and somebody else's is too, right? So like ultimate, ultimately that's what it's all about, right? So 
specifically in the Latin American region, you said, you know, kind of one of the issues is that most carriers there haven't gone very far down the automation road. But how do you see it solving some of of the issues with networks in in Latin America? And and how might that sort of relate to other regions of the world as well? So uh, that's that's a great question. You know, different part of the world, we see the network differently. We analyze the network differently. And you have different... Mm -hmm. Uh, type of infrastructure, you know. Uh, I will say Europe and the U.S., they're more advanced in terms of visibility of where the network is and the different accesses. So probably the last mile to the buildings is not a big uh, obstacle, I will say, like it could be in Latin America. In Latin America, you have so many different countries, different economies, different uh, currencies, different political okay. situations, different infrastructure usage. You know, you can have, uh, you know, a, comp- a, a, a country, you know, with very reliable fiber optic infrastructure. And right next to it, you can have, you know, for example, Brazil. Brazil, you know, we can say that Brazil is very robust in terms of fiber deployment. But right next to Brazil, you have Guyana, which, mm-hmm. you know, you have to it's not the same infrastructure. I'm not saying that Brazil is much better than Guyana. You know, right. it's, it's, it's more advanced in terms of infrastructure, but the fluctuation of available technology between country by country, it is like very significant. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, it's very different, you know. So the way you analyze and, um, and, 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 and find a solution for our clients it may take more time in Latin America because of those aspects, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You got different challenges, you got different obstacles, and uh, and that's where automation can fix a lot of that, you know, because a lot of that manual work that uh, used to be done in Latin America, you can, you know, use uh, automation to facilitate those processes and take Latin mm-hmm. America to the European and the American level, you know, where it's not, I, I wouldn't say that they're fully automated because I see a lot of the Europeans. I was going to say it's 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 certainly it's certainly not the case that that everybody knows every lit building in, in the U.S. or Western Europe still too. But but exactly. it, it, yeah, I, I point well taken certainly yeah yeah. But but at least get getting them to the next level, you know, mm-hmm. and then get them you know even higher altogether. So that's right. one of my goals also involved with MEF. You know, there is very small participation from Latin American carriers in the MEF community. So along with MEF, you know, we set the goal to bring more carriers into the community, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's something more for, for the region, you know, because at the end of the day, I could be selfish and say, oh, no, I just want to be the only one from Latin America in MEF, you know, because I'm going to be taking right. care of everyone else. No, it, mm-hmm. but, but that's a selfish decision. It's a selfish way to see it. At the end of the day, we want more Latin American players to be part of MEF and right. you know, help you know, the, the industry forward and get them to the same mm-hmm. level. <clears throat> so automation in Europe is not the same as in Latin America. So it's important that Latin American requirements and way to communicate are considered when creating API standards. Right. Just like you're considering Asia uh, standards, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's just different way of doing things, you know, and, and it's important to elevate the way we're doing things in Latin America. 
It's a, I, I think you, you brought up another interesting point there that like, you know, you, you could see this as, okay, well, adopting these technologies, working on, on sort of, you know, something like uh, creating APIs that, that make it easy to facilitate, uh, you know, NNIs and, and cross network traffic and whatnot could be seen as, as a competitive advantage for you. But really in the end, it's a, it's a, bigger competitive advantage for you if you are able to get your customers all of the network they need as quickly as possible. And that requires those other carriers to have participated, right? Because again, no no one can serve any customers, every single, you know, sort of office or or location or, or whatever the case may be. So, so in the end, it's not selfish in a way to, to want the industry to move in this direction because mm-hmm. it's it's the way that that you know that they can best serve their customers sometimes on your network and you can best mm-hmm. serve your customers sometimes on their network right so it's 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 really kind of helpful for everyone if, if they participate right so 100 percent, you know uh, yeah. on, on on our end you know what we needed to what we needed to do to automate the entire region we needed to make the decision of, okay, I don't have reliable data on, on my backyard. I need to do something about it. I, we started talking to our partners and say, let's sign a strict NDAs. Give me your network data. Give me your KMC files. Give me your building list. And let me automate that in my platform. We have done you know, more than 157 carriers where we took that network data information and we put it in the platform. But, but that's a, a provisional solution to the problem, you know, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's not sustainable in time. I keep adding more carriers and that means that I need to, in six months, refresh all that data. You know, how exactly. long can I that's that? that? Yeah. So that's a quick solution for, for the short term, but my the, the, the perfect solution is for all those carriers to embrace automation, automate your network infrastructure, know what you have on the network, so I can pull that data in real time from you and then pass it over to my client. So that's right. the, the, the final goal to everyone be on, have an automated network and we can exchange data in real time and, right. and, and the level of efficiency and the customer support and the experience on the customer side is going to be just another level. That's the mm-hmm. final goal. Mm-hmm. You guys, it's, it's, so when you say that's the final goal, I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit and, and mm-hmm. just say, how far are we from that final goal? Are we talking five years, maybe, given what you've seen that we could have that, that sort of like, and is this more of a, a decade long project? Um, you know, what, what can we look for in that sense? Well, you, you, you got different ways to see that. Either one, we wait for everyone to embrace automation or either two, we find a way where we don't have to wait for everyone to embrace. So there could even be sort of, I don't know, the the sort of actual technology of it, but kind of like crawling onto networks and, and, and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So we have been working uh, uh, with, with multiple carriers on different initiatives around blockchain. Blockchain can be mm-hmm. a, a, big, a big player on that future interaction between carriers. Because, you know, blockchain facilitate not only the interaction of data, but actually the verification of the data. You know, mm-hmm. blockchain mm-hmm. takes you to another level uh, higher than the actual automation, you know, um, because you can set rules, you can set 
agreements between the parties involved on the blockchain. And there's so many things that you can, that, 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 that have perfect synergy to what we do in the telco business, that blockchain is going to play a, a key role. We're working on multiple initiatives. You know, in MEF, we have what is called the ITN. It is an integrated um, ITN, integrated, integrated trusted network. And it's basically, mm -hmm. we have uh, 22 node operators. It is a, an actual blockchain network up and running already. But the beauty of that network is that it's not only telecommunication providers. You got insurance company, mm -hmm. you got car manufacturers, mm -hmm. and, and the purpose of that, that network, the number one goal is identity verification. So right. that's going to play a, a, an important role in IoT, you know, mm -hmm. because car manufacturers, they want to verify the identity of that particular SIM that, that is, you know, on that car. So, and then out of that network, uh, we are creating an arm, which is the Televerse, that is going to be on the telco world where we can in exchange NNI's information. You know, right. when you become part of the network, you uh, make public your NNI's and with whom you have those NNI's. And then everyone can do the same. So the network can create a solution in real time without interaction of the system, just the smart system doing the whole thing, creating a solution. That's something that I will say in the next four years, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think we are early stage. We're going to be rolling out in Q1, a testing period of the Televerse, you know, between three players, three different networks. Mm -hmm. We're going to get together on the, on the Televerse network and we're going to start trying out how it works. You know, I don't want to. So it's basically an automation of the of the trust in the contractual process. Essentially, is that is that that's a correct. fair way to put it? That's gotcha. correct. So it is it is an interesting project. You know, anything that is about the future, we want to be part of it. You know, not all of mm -hmm. the initiatives are going to work, but they're gonna they're gonna build a foundation of what the future is mm -hmm. going to be. You know, if we don't try, if we don't, you know. Uh, get in the room, experience how it works, you know, so that doesn't work. Okay, this is working amazing. So then you start shaping around, you know, what could be the future, you know, but definitely I see blockchain being a big part of it. Uh, obviously, automation is going to remain a, a main pillar. Uh, and I believe in the future, you know, all the networks are going to be interacting with each other naturally uh, in one single atmosphere, if I can say. Uh, that's where I visualize the, the future. Well, the, te the Televerse, I think, I think gets it at that pretty well. And, and the upshot for the, the customer, whether it's, whether it's a, a CDN or another telecom or an enterprise or whatever, mm -hmm. is that ability to just get what you need, more or less, <laughs> you know, with, with very little friction, right? Obviously, again, we come back to that, that hard truth that the last mile is always going to be dependent on, you know, what wires are in the ground or although there's some promise that 5G might even facilitate a little bit of automation on, on that end as well. But, but, you know, leaving that part aside, it's like the, the goal is that, you know, you have a, a portal, your, your single pane of glass that everyone always talks about or whatever, where I can sort of provision these services, understand how well they're working and all of that um, as w without, uh, sort of all of the steps and friction that that exists now, essentially. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we're going through exciting times. Uh, I believe a new generation is being born, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and also very important players are being part of that new generation. You know, there, there are some players that they're going to remain on, on every generation because they're able to uh, evolve in time. But I believe right. there is a new generation of, of carriers uh, mm -hmm. where we are very much aligned with each other. We don't see each other as competition to the, uh, on the right. contrary. We identify each other and we try to work as much as possible with each other because together we can do much more. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we're partnering with DC Connect, uh, which is a company out of Singapore. They automated Asia, the, the European region. Uh, we're going to be API through Sonata. We're going we're gonna to enable the Sonata API between our platforms. And once that API is enabled, my world in Latin America is going to have a view into that world. And that world right. in Asia and Europe is going to have a direct view into our world in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So imagine if we start adding yeah. different worlds into a massive, you know, combination of different systems, imagine what we can accomplish. So, yeah, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting what's happening. It, and to get a, a little uh, sort of philosophical in a sense here, but it's that 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 has always been the promise of the Internet in that um, the, the network where we are now could facilitate other innovations, business, technology, et cetera, that wouldn't have been able to happen without, as you say, those worlds sort of coming into contact. That in a sense, um, the the original structure of the internet, I always have my submarine cable map behind me, mm -hmm. right? But that that those those submarine cables, of course, always followed what were the the old shipping routes. And those shipping routes were based on on uh, certain, you know, country relationships and, and economic relationships. And and th there is the promise sort of uh, going forward in the next decade or so that, that we really do kind of flatten a lot of that out. And maybe there's a lot of innovation to happen between, say, you know, a, a company in Asia and a company in Latin America that used mm -hmm. to would have had to kind of be more mediated between the West and, and, and or just never happen at all. Right. So it's it's not just about telecoms, I think, here. It's, it's about the sort of the, the global economy as a whole having less friction and, and more ability to innovate and, and make new connections. 100%. And adding to that is, uh, is, is you know, telecom has always been the, the backbone of all the technologies around the world. We're talking mm -hmm. through video because of a, right. a telecom network. You know, we, you're, you're logging into your Netflix through the, to your mobile because of our, because of our technology. You know, right. the telecom world is the backbone of all the incredible technologies that today we enjoy. And, mm -hmm. you know, it is our fault that we have been downgraded as a commodity, you know, because they call <laughs> the telco world a commodity, you know, right. our prices are uh, being erosion, you know, um, it's, it, but, but that's because we have been behaving as a commodity. You know, we have been behaving, mm -hmm. you know, taking all this time to, you know, we have been focusing a lot on the infrastructure and less on the on the business practice, I will say. Right. You know, right. so now that we are, you know, increasing the value of, of, of the telecom infrastructure, you know, and, and, the, and we're facilitating it to all these different technologies, you know, we're raising the value or what we can do for the different technologies and the and, 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 and the synergy and the easiness to do business between two different regions. 
just like you said, you know, before it, it would have taken so much time and, 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 and a lot of integration. And today with an API, it can happen very right. easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great, great place to wrap it up and just say that, you know, everything that you've said has been really uh, illuminating for me. Um, and I think really in the end can apply to the, the biggest incumbent provider in the world to, to, you know, a, a small domestic player somewhere there, there, there's not really a scale issue here. It's, it's that mm -hmm. it's going to facilitate uh, everyone, you know, from, from an ISP that operates in, in one city to the, you know, big few global carriers that, that operate around the world. It seems like this is a message for, for everyone really. Yeah. 100%. I mean, my, my, my final message, it is don't, don't be afraid to embrace automation, take it one step at a time one day, day by day, you know, mm -hmm. start automating a small part of your business, a very tiny portion of your business and let that growth within your organization. Right. And sooner rather than later, you're going to realize that you have a big part of your business automated and the level of efficiency is going to be uh, uh, helping you that growth, you know, because you're mm -hmm. balancing your, your, the, the, your productivity is going to increase. And, and that's going to push, you know, that automation initiative within your organization. It's not something that needs to be that, that needs to happen in, in a couple of months. It's just a process that once you start, you don't stop because you start realizing the benefits and the and the and, and how it's changing drastically your business. You know, so uh, one day at a time, you know, and sooner rather than later, you're going to have a, an automated organization. Yeah. Excellent. That's that's good advice for so many things. Just you know, uh, take take the the first step and and uh, it'll keep going from there, right? So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining the show. This has been a great conversation. Um, I hope we can get together at a at a conference again soon. Of course, great. Thank you for having me. Uh, this was a very cool conversation. I hope everyone enjoys it and and, and take some positive uh, advice from here. Yeah, absolutely. One, one just last thing, if, if anybody wants to, to keep up with you or, or follow what you're doing, um, is, is there a good way to do that? LinkedIn or Twitter, anything like that? I only have uh, LinkedIn, no Facebook, mm -hmm. no Twitter. Uh, well, LinkedIn that's probably is... good these days. Let's be honest. <laughs> 100%. So LinkedIn and uh, I'm, I'm pretty much active with LinkedIn, you know. Gotcha. Uh, so that's the best way. Excellent. All right. Thanks. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com, and we'll see you on the Internet.